This is the Tribe Podcast with your hosts, Ben Bolden, Anthony Rodolikas, and Joel Strahan. We have a simple message, act like men. (laughs) Welcome to the Tribe. Good evening. Welcome to episode three of the Tribe Podcast. Um, This evening we'll be talking about priority evaluation. So I want to read a little quote to open us up. Um, This is from a man named Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, if I said that properly. Quote reads as follows. Things which matter the most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. So I want to do a little thought experiment um, to open us up this evening. Um, We're going to do it. I, I would like for all those listening to do it as well. Uh, basically what I want you to do is take a piece of paper, um, something to write on, iPad, computer, whatever, and write down a list of your priorities um, as you would as you would define them. And we'll take a pause. Go ahead and pause the podcast um, if you want to take the time now to do that. Okay, so you've got your list made. Um Now what I want you to do is, being brutally honest, look at that list and say, does my day actually mirror that? Do do I spend the time on those things in the order I list them? Um, You know, many may have God at the top. Well, I'll, I'll just read you my priority list that I made. And I've done this before, so I'm writing what I remember that I wrote. But I have faith at the top, then I have family, then I have work, and then I have hobbies. So mine is super, um, just super simple. You know, it's only four items. Um, And I I think that would probably mirror a lot of of Christian men today. Um, But when I roll over to my actual list, um, it really looks like, Work is at the top. I spend most of my day at work. Um, family, I could put that on the same line now. Um, maybe a year ago, I probably couldn't, but they, you know, they kind of share time. Um, hobbies would be below that. I, I love my hobbies, and I, I spend a lot of time on those. And faith is probably right there with hobbies. Um, we'll talk more about that, and I want to break those down some more, but. What about you guys, Anthony and Joel? What what would your list look like? Well, it's the pre and after Anthony. By the way, it's uh, von Goethe. Yeah, I figured you were going to correct me on that. <laughs> it's all German. But yeah. while we're correcting, um, it might not be evening when somebody's listening to this. So <laughs> I, I find it a little bit uh, distracting knowing that I listen to my podcast in the morning it, it, anyway, I just thought I'd point. Well, that it's out. evening here, so there you go. Well, I guess, <laughs> yeah, you know, truth matters. Wonderful. So priorities. I mean, it was always. Uh, I had never <laughs> even thought about it, to be quite honest. I mean, um, living my adult uh, personal slash professional life, it was always uh, uh, a mixture of work uh, 
and or hobbies. It was just one of those two that will alternate in terms of the top priority on a, on a daily basis. But like I said, I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, you're conditioned like I was, uh, I mean, like most of us, right? Um, that might be a different conversation, but I, I'm a byproduct of uh, the state education system uh, from where I come from, right? I was born and brought up in, in Greece. So I was conditioned that uh, certain stages of your life, you have to go through school, college, and then you have to have uh, some sort of a profession, right? So it was it was already predetermined, predestined, not predestined, but predetermined and designed um, to follow a certain path, which I did. And it was always work and hobbies and uh, everything else that I was involved with. But uh, um, the idea of family uh, and... Um, let alone uh, uh, God, uh, never entered uh, the picture. Um, and in retrospect, uh, looking back in my life uh, and things that had unfolded, um, I can clearly see that all of the uh, shortcomings, downfalls, errors, uh, prices, heavy prices that I paid in many different ways, shapes or forms, it was because of that uh, inverted uh, or lack of uh, any even an inverted pyramid will be good. Uh, there was absolutely no order in, in, in my life. Mm-hmm. And without that order, uh, you end up making mistakes. Uh, there is no s- centric system of something concrete to, to ground you. So I was basically floundering. Uh, today, uh, my order will probably look like something like yours. I mean, I try, I try to have my, my, my beliefs, my convictions uh, drive... Uh, drive my actions and those convictions drive me to uh to take care of my uh wife my immediate family that that we're serving and and then be faithful to my to my job um and um yeah so mine is looking just a little bit different so First and foremost, uh, I you use the word faith. I use the word the the phrase the kingdom of God is the most important thing. And I kind of really have grown in my in in the way that I I kind of think about this. Or maybe grown is not the right word. I've I've evolved in the way that I think about priorities. Um, but you know, in the kingdom of God, the really all all of these things work together. But if I were to list priorities out in an order as if I, as if I had to choose my wife is the most important uh, priority of my life and so in the kingdom of God my wife is tops in the kingdom of God my children are second and uh, and then uh, disciple making and that's everything that that is involved in disciple making so sharing the gospel um, helping others come to faith in Jesus and helping others obey Jesus. Um, but uh, I have come to the conclusion I can be very successful in a ministry to the masses. If I'm not successful at home, you know, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, then after disciple making, the St. Louis Cardinals baseball, that <laughs> that is next. And then for me, triathlon and uh, everything that, that is involved with that, the eating, the, the workouts, the, uh, uh, the, the sleep. And after that, um, I just have no other priorities. Okay. Yeah, you. Somewhere I ought to put the tribe podcast in there because <laughs> well, you it's, know, you here, know. here we are. But that, I would put that under disciple making. Right. Right. Yeah. So you bring up a good point. This thought experiment is, um, 
it's hard to look at it just as, you know, a simple list. Um, I almost want to break it down further into percentages, you know, of your day. And so, so the basic experiment is just to get you thinking, like, do I value, really value, does it, does it show that I value the things I say I do as much? And then, then you break it down further, more granular um, into how you actually spend your time. Um, and, and what you outlined, um, is, is more along those lines of, of how you spend your time. And, and I think maybe, you know, maybe for me and and for different folks, it, it, there, there are phases where certain priorities need more time. For instance, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm at a point in my marriage right now where, um, where my wife values the kingdom work that I'm doing. And we do a lot of kingdom work together. Um, at another phase in my marriage, I needed to spend a whole lot more time with my wife. Right. Um, uh, you know, vice versa. But as you just classified, all of those things are underneath your, your main priority of kingdom work. Right. And so as I'm defining the kingdom of God right now, um, I'm recognizing at this point in my faith journey, my wife is the top priority right. of my life. And, and it's part of that. It's part of the kingdom. It, it is. Absolutely. But what you just said about uh, that uh, just convicted me about something because uh, the other day, uh, and hopefully Laura will be proud of me sharing that uh, because I feel guilty now. Uh, there was a break in the day and we had a chance. She was doing something else. Uh, I was doing something else. And there was a chance that we could get together for lunch. And she asked me, could you come over? And, um, and I hesitated and uh, I said, no, I, I'm going to continue doing whatever I was doing. Uh, we'll catch up later. And, um, I could sense the disappointment in, in her voice. And of course she did, uh, ding me later on by saying, uh, when I said we can do this uh, later, she goes, uh, oh, you're okay now spending time with <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and. Our wives are the best teachers. Yes. And, and I felt terrible, but it was at that moment, at that moment, uh, um, I made the wrong choice. And the priorities were jumbled at that point. And, uh, uh, and I, I realized that later on and I felt bad. Hopefully next time that won't happen again. But it's one of those things that uh, instantaneously, once you have cemented those priorities the way you describe them, it shouldn't be any internal struggle. Oh, well, let me think for a second. Do I go with lunch with with her or do I, um, you know, continue doing something that I can postpone for a little later? I was going to take a lunch break anyway. So um, anyway, but uh, yeah, failure of priorities. You just said something so interesting. I know you're you're fixing to to move forward with this, but no, we can camp. Go ahead. But what you just said is so profound, Anthony. It was by mistake. I I assure you. Well, I I doubt it. (laughs) By the 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 way you were speaking um, off microphone earlier about all of the different philosophers that you read today, just in your spare time because you were having fun. Anyway, when you are actually administering your priorities in the way God designed for our flourishing, you flourish. Mm -hmm. When those priorities get out of balance and it's guaranteed, you will cease to flourish in some area. So you always know when your priorities are out of whack, 
because you, you, you can always sense when something's off and, and when right. you're not flourishing. When life's not flourishing, your priorities are wrong. I, what you just described is just so profound. When you're doing, when you're ordering your life the way God designed it, you're flourishing and you're satisfied and you're filled up. Right. You've heard people say, I've said it myself. My wife said it. Um, you know, I, I've just, my head's all messed up. I haven't been to church in three weeks. You know, I need to go to church. Like, on some level, you know, that that may not be the, the complete root of the problem, but but on a, you know, a, a basic level, it kind of is like, you know, you're, you're, you're missing, um, fellowship with other believers. And, you know, th- there's, there's just a lot there and that's what I want to dig deeper into. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you brought it out organically. Um, but, but what does that look like? What are the things that, that keep our priorities out of whack? How do we get there? Um, and and why do we not recognize it as men? You know, what does it take for us to recognize that? And I think we can probably just use ourselves as examples of of you know looking back to the moments when we when we felt that way. Um, Anthony just described one, but but just dig a little deeper and 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 try to uncover why we were doing the things we were doing or not doing the things we were doing. Awesome. So. I'm trying to I'm trying to search the files in my mind and uh, and come up with an example I'm willing to share because yeah, that's I, the hard part. That's the thing. I am that's the a world class major screw up at the at the core. Um, but I I can I can say I, you know w- without remembering a specific example right off the bat um, I can see it in my daughters when I have not placed them at the right priority level. I can, I, can, I can watch them. It doesn't happen overnight. But if they are out of uh, line or out of my, my uh, crosshairs for too long, I will start to see it in their countenance. I'll start to see it in their decision-making. Um, and, and, and I'll start to see it in the family dynamic um, so, um, that, that's, and, 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 you know, quite frankly, I, I have not struggled for quite some time to give my wife every part of me that I can give her and the part of, part of my time and my energy, all of that. Um, I, I have through the years continually struggled to give my daughters that. Yeah, for me, um, <laughs> I'm having having the same issue. What am I See, willing to I've share? See, I've got examples in my mind. <laughs> I just can't share them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I look at <clears throat> I look at hobbies and work um, as two that you know that, that get in my way <clears throat> of of how I actually want to prioritize. And they're not really for any bad reasons. Like I've, I've taken up many hobbies over the years, um, and I want to be good at them. I want to be excellent at them, and you know, and I practice, and I I put money into them, and time, and all of those things, in in this pursuit of of excellence. 
And in many of them, I have, you know, reached a certain level, but it's at a, you know, it's at a sacrifice of, of time with the family or, um, or being in the word or, you know, reading the Bible. I I stay out too late at a shooting match or something and I, I'm tired. I don't get up in the morning and read my Bible, you know, um, it's, it's a disguised, um, shortcoming if that makes any sense like i think i'm doing good and i'm i'm striving for for something i perceive as good but but at the end of the day i'm i'm doing the opposite of what that quote in the beginning that i read says you know the things that matter um are are losing their place to the things that really don't matter yeah isn't that in that part of the secret of of wisdom is being able to discern whether or not the things we're putting our energy into are actually going to result mm-hmm. in the best rather than right. the good or even the bad. Like, um, you know, your, 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 your makeup is to pursue excellence in whatever it is that you're pursuing. Um, I really, uh, really love that about you. Um, my Achilles heel is that, I spend so much time in what I call high leverage situations, uh, high leverage conversations, high leverage, high leverage decision making. A lot of what I end up doing affects other people. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I say affects other people. And so I find that that what happens to me is not that I will chase after a, a hobby uh, that will consume me. I will simply chase after something that is that is is dumbed down so i'll chase you know i'll i'll chase after a you know more time doing something fun because i'm tired of doing the weighty stuff um does that make sense so 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 not necessarily getting caught up in the distraction of of you know some other uh consuming item that's not a priority. I simply don't want to do the priorities anymore. Mm-hmm. Period. I want what I do to not matter. It, you know, and 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 so I will sin in that way. Uh, a lot often, I'll find that I need to hit the reset button because I'm avoiding the priorities. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I articulated that greatly, but. Maybe that stimulates some thinking. As as men, we have to we have to build that discernment muscle to 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 always you know to always re- you know you you ask the question why do we not notice mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and I think you know I think the 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 first part of noticing is is having that discernment muscle. Um, whatever that is and wherever that rests in the, in the mind, but, but having that discernment muscle really, um, conditioned to evaluate everything that we're doing during the day. I think based on our priorities that we've said and Anthony's example, like that can come from our wives a lot of times. And hopefully you have a good relationship with your wife to where that's spoken spoken in love but spoken in truth and you know yep. you just get a, a pretty you know 
reminds me soft of soft rap on the head of like, hey, you know, the adage uh, uh, bad money drives out good money, spoken as an economist. Um, and and what happens is that the easy, the trivial, the the thing that has its marginal value is very, very low uh, and insignificant um, is the one that prevails ordinarily. Um, and um, metaphysically, that's the case also. So in our everyday life, and I see that in my life, that uh, it's it's easy to get overwhelmed with uh, the trivial and, and, and the silly. And like you said, Ben, uh, it's it's usually my wife that would uh, that, that is a more serious person in, in our relationships is uh, more like of uh, the one that had the head straight um, more like the kind of goofy and um, uh, and more like a desical with certain things and sometimes uh, I look at what she's doing and I will be shamed <laughs> into, into certain uh, priorities and I'm not talking about um, you know the big metaphysical priorities, but I'm talking about the everyday mm-hmm. life priorities that we need to do. And uh, I catch myself many, many times uh, uh, objectively, uh, purposefully trying to avoid uh, fulfilling uh, certain uh, duties that that I have to go through. And uh, <laughs> um, just it's just silliness. Uh, but uh, but you do need that counterbalance, and uh, it's so easy. It's so easy to just get off track, and that's part of my struggle. Uh, and I hope we can tease that out maybe a little better. Uh, is how do you go back into focus? How do you sharpen the lens and and you see clearly? Because it's so easy to get out of focus. Yeah, it's great for those that are married because isn't that what God designed when he right. when he made Eve? He called her a helper. And, uh, and I tell you what, you know, even doing this thought experiment, uh, I might very well look and evaluate where I'm, where I am and say, Hey, I'm doing great. Well, now tonight when I go home and ask Heather, how am I doing? She might have a different answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I I think, I think that that's always a healthy thing to do. And it's not necessarily a point of shame. It's, it's a point of, of, you know, this is, this is, a piece of what marriage is all about, helping each other um, obey Christ. And, and, of course and so I think it's good for, for us as men to, to recognize our, our wives see us like no one else sees us. Um, they know who we really are. Yep. And, uh, and, 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 and so if we will cultivate that uh, trust um, and then cultivate that relationship, our wives will tell us the truth. How does that translate? I don't have children. Uh, you folks do, but how does that translate into uh, um, discipling, educating uh, your son or your daughter? I mean, how do you? How, how do you? It's it. You have a wife, like you just said, and that would be a counterbalance and and a self-correcting mechanism. But how do you have an 18, 19 year old uh, uh, do that? I mean, what what do you have to instill in them to to get them to that point on their own to self-correct? Well, I do have a 19-year-old, um, and I, I, all I can, you know, the, the, the wild thing about parenting is, you know, there's a lot of books on parenting. It's like leadership. You know, there's a trillion-dollar industry around people teaching different books, people too. how to <laughs> lead, and none of them work because right. they keep selling books. <laughs> um, That's but, a good point. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is, is 
there, there's there's no script on on parenting. There's no one way because every child's different, every personality's different, every home is different, every culture's different. So what what I decided early on um, was was I was just going to be very intentional um, um, ab- about training my daughters in the area of boundaries, and I, I made a, a decision that ended up being really good. I didn't know if it would work at the time. But I decided that there would be two rules in our house. One, you cannot disobey a direct instruction that I give. If you disobey a direct, clear instruction, if I've been clear and I've, and I've communicated it directly and you disobey, there will be discipline. And in, in our house, we spanked. The second one is you, you do not tell me a lie. You can disobey me and come to me before I discover it and tell me the truth. And you will not get a spanking. But if you lie to me, you will get a spanking. And those those two rules set boundaries for our daughters. Um, and and ultimately, I didn't expect it. I didn't plan it. But ultimately, it began to teach them how to discern um, for themselves. Um, you know uh, how to walk through a decision making process. Um, and, and then you have, you have all kinds of different areas of life, you know, relational conflict when they'd be fighting, uh, they, one of them would come and tell on the other one, said, dad, you know, so-and-so's doing this. And I'd say, well, if you want me to handle this, both of you are getting a spanking. You're getting a spanking because you're, you're, you're telling on your sister and you want your sister to get in trouble and your sister's going to get a spanking for, for doing whatever she was doing wrong. So I said, if I will handle it or you can handle it. So do you want me to handle it or do you want to handle it yourselves? I can't predict what the answer was. After the, the first couple of rounds of me handling, they started handling these things on their own. And you know what that taught them to do? That taught them how to problem solve very complex situations. And if you can learn how to problem solve relationship situations, it, it is a springboard and a foundation for being able to uh, to, to solve almost any problem in life. Um, and uh, anyway, that, that's what I've experienced. But, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't know that any parent starts off with the kind of wisdom that, that, that they can blueprint mm-hmm. uh, how things are going to turn out. And it, it is really parenting is really a, a – it, it is the art of being wise enough to make the right decision in in the moment. Yeah, I would agree with that because you know my son's five and and we're you know we we don't have that plan either. We're just doing the best we can, and you know I would I would kind of answer that by circling back to I think one of your earlier questions of you know how do we how do we course correct and. Um, say my my priorities aren't lining up with my hoped priorities, and I, I I see this big daunting task of like, well, I'm not really putting any any time towards um kingdom work or family or, or you know whatever your top priority is. Hopefully, it's similar to those. Um, what do I do? You, you see this big mountain you have to climb, and it's 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 daunting, but 
I would break it down and, and come up with some small goals, some, some little tasks that are oriented towards those goals um, and those priorities. You know, maybe that's I'm going to, to read my Bible every morning or um, I'm going to spend 30 minutes, you know, at, at one evening playing with my son. No matter what, we're going to sit on the floor and whatever he wants to do, I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to talk to my wife without, you know, my son interrupting. If I've got to lock the door and, you know, tell him to go play, we're going to do that. Just little things like that. Um, so so that those kind of those kind of things work well for me. Um, but that is also allowing him to see me doing those things. So as I'm reorienting my priorities and um, and, and straightening myself back out, he's also seeing me do these things. And, and to me, that's, that's parenting. You know, when, when people say kids are sponges, they are literally sponges. Like they, they see and hear everything. I can't tell you how many things my son has said that I don't know when he heard me say them or saw me do them or, or whatever they are just, you know, not bad things, good things. Um, and, and I don't even remember, you know, correcting him or, or saying anything. They just pick up on, on the things, but um, that's why it's so important to have all of this stuff in place because it's not just affecting us. If you have have kids, especially um, you know, and a wife, like it's not just affecting you. And that's also part of this thought experiment is to 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 make you think, you know, um, that that my priorities don't don't just affect me. You you stimulated my thinking because. Um I think one of the most powerful things you can do as a parent, um, as a father, when you are getting it wrong and you correct course, if you don't look your wife and your children in the eye and say, I'm getting it wrong right mm-hmm. now, I repent, I need forgiveness, here's what I'm going to do to correct this this direction because I don't like the direction we're going if you don't say that to your family, you're missing an opportunity. That 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 is a, a very – when you're talking about your son watching you and picking things up, one of the, the greatest lessons is actually watching dad repent and admit that there's there's some, some sort of failure, big or small, and then correct it. Yeah, I've had to do that a few times. That's hard. <laughs> the, it is very it's hard. It's rewarding a little down the road. Wait, wait wait until he's a teenager and 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 actually has opinions uh that that are valid. Yeah. It, it boy some of the some of the sharpest knives through my heart is tears in my daughter's eyes yeah. because I've screwed up. I've blown it. But in in God's economy, it it is amazing to be able to repent and and receive forgiveness, um, and and then understand in the future they're gonna they're gonna need you to forgive them as well, and and so it it's just an a if 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 you can order your home uh, around the kingdom of God, there's it, it is the best incubator for. You'll be blessing generations. It just brings to my mind. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you finished I, my I, sentence. I was going to say uh, it's going to bless generations. I was just digging into the riches of my mind, 
thinking of my parents and uh, a couple of moments popped into my head, uh, which I still regret to this day, me being uh, disrespectful as an adult uh, to them. And uh, um, I regret uh, a couple of things uh, in that space. But then I was thinking what you just said, the ability to um, for a parent, for a father uh, to repent, to repent uh, about certain things in front of uh, the family has tremendous value and uh, and there have been so much um, pain and suffering and uh, wounds that are still festering in my family uh, because of, uh, of absence of that. Uh, not just the immediate family, but the broader circle. Because in, in a Greek family, uh, everybody is just meshed together. So uh, uncles, aunts, brothers, cousins, everybody's just a mesh. Uh, um, so once you get married and you go off your own way, you're not a separate family unit. It's very dysfunctional <laughs> in some sense. You don't, you don't cleave and leave, you cleave your wife and leave the, the, the old family, uh, but and you create a new family. No, you're all one. And I mean, this is changing, but you have to set boundaries. But anyway, long story short, as I was trying to make the point that uh, there's generational wounds that will fester for, for, for years, for generations, because of that inability uh, to, uh, to, to repent and say, I'm sorry. Um, and, um, I don't know exactly what, what that is about, meaning, um, I, I don't know to what extent, uh, being a faithful, um, follower of Jesus is a prerequisite to do that because I know secular people who, who can do that. Uh, and, um, I, I don't understand, maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but it's critically important what you just said. It just brought so much, uh, uh, memories, uh, uh that, uh, kind of painful. <laughs> I think it's funny you you say you call uh, that uh, that 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 group uh, culture uh, versus an individualistic culture. It has positives culture. too. It has you, you it has some very good you you even find it. a dysfunctional part of that because as an American, I look at cultures who are are more group oriented and I think wow, that is amazing. We're so dysfunctional. No, it can it, it has its positives in in the sense that uh uh, the, the, you will be supported. Uh, you'll be helped. You don't. You will not depend on strangers. It's incumbent upon the family, immediate and extended, to to support. And and that was uh, proven uh, personally to us when my father passed in two thousand and nine. But uh, uh, but I don't know if you were to weigh the pros and cons. I, I would rather I would rather set very firm boundaries uh, in, instead of everybody being uh, generationally uh, in, involved. Uh, but. Well, and I think that that concept of setting boundaries is crucial to making this thought experiment work mm -hmm. and and have a positive outcome in in a man's life. Um, ultimately, you cannot hold to any priority plan if you do not set boundaries. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the the notes I I made down. Um, in, in different words, but well, no, in the same words. I said saying no to some things in order to give attention to things that matter. Um, do we do that? Are we capable of that? You know, I, I like to say no to new responsibilities quite often, but um, saying no to things I want to do, that's a different story, you know. Um, am I constantly evaluating if this fits into my my priorities or not, and, and I'm not, unfortunately, um, I, I usually do 
a little later than I should, but, um, but yeah, saying no and boundaries is, um, is a big part of it. What really intrigued me, and I know you're emceeing this, uh, but uh, it, it's the next bullet in, in our episode's notes. Uh, what types of things does the world present to us in an effort mm. to mold our priorities? Because um, I, I was just thinking that uh, sometimes, um, sometimes uh, culture and society, depending on the cycle that you're in, uh, let's say we live in a in a Christian world uh, of uh, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th century, and we're steeped into a certain cultural norm. Sometimes even uh, bad parenting uh, can be compensated by a society that will create certain guardrails. And the example that I was thinking is because now I'm going all the way back to my childhood uh, in a suburb of Athens where um, we the butcher knew us, um, the milkman uh, or the fishmonger. So everybody in the neighborhood knew you. So if you were to stray uh, in, in certain ways, uh, stay out late or, or get hurt or go associate with, uh, you know, a couple of uh, bums uh, of the neighborhood, when you get home at night, your mother and father would know about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so there was, there was nowhere to hide. Well, in that, in that <laughs> there culture. was nowhere to hide and, and everybody will be looking for out for each other. And, and there were some expectations. And even though a lot of things is happening behind closed doors, right? Uh, all I'm trying to say is that when you've lost that, those guardrails, parenting today is even harder. And again, I don't have children, but I, I can see, it. I, I can see the structure that we're developing where, um, how, how do you protect them uh, when outside of the home, um, there are just dangers lurking left and right? Um, yeah, this culture gave birth to what they're calling the helicopter parent. It, uh, it, and it is a direct result because we in this culture did have that community guardrail uh, you know, system. And, 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 and having lost that, there's a uh, the the next generation of parents, they 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 literally began their parenting journey with no help from anywhere outside the home, and and so you you watch them literally hover over their children. Um, I don't know what the I don't I don't I don't know what the answer is. You know that maybe that's the right answer. But the pendulum has has swung to to the other extreme. There was a time in our culture where a neighbor could catch you doing something wrong and give you a spanking, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then tell your parents about it. and And your parents said, "Thank you very much for loving my child." If that happened today, <laughs> that there would be a court case. Oh yeah, yeah. It's an interesting interesting path to go down. Um, you just made me think about this, but you know, you, you talk about <clears throat> not not being able to get a, get away with anything because somebody's going to see it, you know. Um, and now, you know, we think we think no one's watching. Um, everything is, you know, many lives are lived online, and there's a sense of anonymity. And um, I think it's it's incumbent upon us to remember that someone is watching, that God is watching. Mm. We have, 
um, you know, I know to some people that may sound kind of cliche, but it's the truth. Like if, if our priorities, um, you know, if we're Christian men, our priorities should be to, to do things that are pleasing to God because he knows everything we're doing. But, um, societally that has shifted, you know, we, we've gone from everybody knowing everything to, um, to this anonymity, you know, people, people do thing on, do things online that, that they wouldn't dream of saying to somebody in person or doing right. in person. Um, and it, it's just drastically different than it was back then. Well, I, I, I want to, you know, use that to, to bring us back to, you know, this idea of priorities, because one of the most healthy, one of the healthiest things you can do in order to, to create this dynamic that we're talking about, community guardrails, is to intentionally be around other godly men. Um, It's very difficult to grow in intimacy with other godly men and be able to live in the shadows. Mm -hmm. The, the, The more time you spend with, with men who are, 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 are living for that high bar, the less darkness there is in, in your life. And that light gets turned on in every room you walk into. That, that, that's the reason sometimes the answer is, I don't feel right. I need to go to church. Right. Because at that point, you know lights, there. lights start getting turned on yeah. because now we're we're opening ourselves up to others to be able to look and to be able to tell us truthful things that we need to hear. Yeah, the accountability that is it's part of our ethos, <clears throat> right? It's part of our um of why we're we're together in fellowship, training, etc. Um the accountability that was the thing that attracted me the most. Uh um I you know, you where do you turn? There was uh, some turmoil um, a few weeks ago, and I needed uh, to talk to somebody, and uh, I, I texted uh, one of our friends. I'm not going to mention names, but you all know him. And uh, um, he texted me back, and uh, he goes, uh, "Do you want to talk? Uh, you know, exchange uh, via text, or do you want to uh, talk live?" And I said, "If if you don't have, if you have time," he goes, "Of course I do." So you've developed a level of intimacy where you can, at seven, eight o'clock at night, you can call uh, a friend from uh, a fellow believer from church, and, and you can discuss certain things in confidence and and exchange some ideas, and uh, um, and that particular individual, he's quick to uh, throw some beautiful verses that are so uplifting and uh, and helpful, um, and it was uh, was a great blessing, and uh, um, to me that validated the. the uh, the immense value of of what we have um, in in the community and the fellowship and uh, being able to uh, to be held accountable. Um, a lot of errors uh, can be avoided like that. A lot of value in it. Yeah, and I'd answer you know the question: What type of things does the world present in an effort to mold our priorities? I I, I would say the I would say that the enemy, who is the ruler of this world, is constantly trying to isolate us and scatter us yeah yeah and just if, if he can keep you isolated then then there's uh there's a greater chance to distort your thinking and uh and and therefore shape your priorities mm. to something that's not beneficial 
And that's very insightful and it goes to what you said, Ben, about the internet. Uh, uh, it does not bring us any closer. We have access, uh, more access now uh, to a lot of other different people online, uh, but I think it has created uh, even more isolation in some sense uh, because you're not communicating with, uh, with an actual human being, really. Um, you don't have that face-to-face -face interaction that's why uh, instead of texting, it was such a uh, it was a blessing to just talk live uh, about issues. So, um, well, it's an amazing tool, but it's also full of distraction. Yeah, like that's that's a big problem with it. Is um, you know I, I can I can learn so much, but I can also go some down some of the deepest rabbit holes I've ever been on and look up and like, how did I get here? I've never seen, I've never, I mean, <laughs> Wikipedia reminds me of uh, one of our um, uh, favorite shows where you know that oh, everybody. you're talking about The Office. Yes. Everybody, oh, oh, well, you know, it's the best tool because you know that everybody from every quarter in the world is putting stuff on there. Right. So you know it has to be good, right? <laughs> so every kind of garbage that I've, I was researching something the other day and I was just, See, I've got to be kidding me, right? And itself, nobody's editing anything, obviously, but, and, and who's going to do the editing anyway, but. <laughs> well, I've got a couple of questions um, I want to pose to us and the audience. Um, we've already touched on a few of them, um, but I'll start with what I thought might be the hardest one. Um, ha having all of this discussion and, and evaluating your priorities, would your wife agree with either of your priority lists if if your wife were to take a look at and this is obviously for those that are married um you could include girlfriend fiance whatever um would she agree with your list would she look at that and say yeah i can i can see um where you're you're striving for that and then i would also you know maybe agree with with what you're actually doing I think my wife would. Um, two or three years ago, I I think she would question what I was doing versus what I would write down on my priority list. I doubt that my wife will uh, approve of my priorities. I mean, she will be she will be generous and and gracious, but. Uh, if I was in her shoes, judging myself, I, I, I would just take a crack <laughs> at my priorities. You have a very distorted set of priorities. So I'll, I'll save her the trouble. Uh, she would not approve. Um, but but to my credit, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm fighting the good fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess that, the, that, that you two guys are going to be hard on yourselves. I think that's part of, of trying to to course correct and, and go the right direction is, is, is you're going to be hard on yourself. And you know, what's the hardest part is being an A, per, a type personality is that, um, you just immediately, uh, bring up defenses and shields and you take things like, uh, like somebody's attacking you. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm guilty of that. So, you know, my pride will jump in and say, what oh. are you talking about? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what, 
what what you're saying and uh you know i i think we all struggle with that and and are continually trying to 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 navigate hearing the truth when that truth is constructive <laughs> Um, we, we, we struggle with that. I'm, I'm tempted to call my wife right now on the recording and ask her, but you know, here's, here's what I've learned about myself. I, 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 I was always the kid that, that in, in the mirror every morning, you know, with my shirt off, I would flex my muscles and I would literally see more muscle than was really there. And, and and so we all do that. You know, hey, this is I don't. I, I don't. You know, that, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but but I mean, this is the truth. I'm I really am continually uh, seeing 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 more than than what is there. So I I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, if if I if I ask my wife to really evaluate me, she is she is going to. Uh, she's going to give me some some pointers, and and it's probably going to sound like things I don't want to hear, like um, you didn't take the trash out the other morning, and that's important to me, or you forgot to lock the doors at night, and that doesn't make me feel protected. So, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's going to be things like that. Mm-hmm. I know, um, uh, but but in general, uh, I believe that she would agree with me that I'm striving for this. She's, she would be able to see evidence that I'm, I'm striving. I, 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 I'm glad you used the word evidence because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, I'm trying to live a, a trail of evidence. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, it's funny, sometimes I act like a 10-year-old because, for example, yesterday, Ben is smirking, uh, uh, yesterday I texted her, oh, I did X, Y, Z which she had been asking me to do for days. Yeah. Pat me on the head. Yes, and I was <laughs> and I was hoping for affirmation and I was given affirmation uh via text. Yeah. Um so that's that's great but um I I am consciously creating a, a, a trail of evidence because I'm very very uh I guess that's what it is. Uh, we, we should be uh self-aware uh of the lack or the presence of an effort to create priorities and and live by them, that self-awareness and will be maybe the self-correcting mechanism that keeps steering you back. Uh, so you have almost like a, uh, an autopilot that you're doing the plane. So when you deviate, immediately it will take you back to the right uh, predetermined path. Um, so interesting. Yeah, it's it's something you said, Joel. Um, when you're talking about taking the garbage out, you said that she would say that's important to me. Like how I'm so guilty of dismissing things like that because, you know, to me, like taking the garbage out is taking it out of the, the garbage can and putting it out in the garage, you know, and then I'll get it once it piles up, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But taking the garbage out is is actually the garbage being in the garbage can down by the road. Um, and, and recognizing what's important, um, to, to my wife is, (laughs) that's a big thing. That's the idea because we do not value things the same way, right? That's the other obstacle that I don't know if it's a man, women divide, but, uh, you see that amongst men, amongst women that, uh, I mean, the marginal 
benefit that I put on something is totally different than the one that my wife mm-hmm. would put on certain things. I value uh, certain things uh, immensely, and she thinks that I'm nuts. That this is just yeah. totally trivial, worthless, a waste of money and time. But to me, it means so much. And um, and you know, at the same time, like you said, the trivial things like scooping poop uh, from the backyard, to me, is something so irrelevant, trivial. Uh, but to her, it's important because, obviously, because she's the one that will go out and walk the dog in the morning, mm-hmm. so she might step on it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We value things differently. Um, so I guess that's how you may rank priorities. What do you value the most, right? I mean, in economics, that's what we do. When you teach economics one-on-one, the first thing that you learn is how do you rank uh, an alternative set of priorities? Because we have so many options, right? How right. do you rank them? So you have to rank them as what is better meaning what gives more value to you. Uh, of course, how do you know? How do you, how, do you, how do you assign values to something? Well, you have to have an understanding of what is good, right? What is good? So how do you define good? So it goes all the way up the ladder. And guess what? It may go all the way up to the Ten Commandments. So it comes <laughs> down from God. So the, the definition of truth, the definition of the good, and then you can prioritize and assign values. Some things are interchangeable. Some some are not, though. So some are definite yes, definite no's. And the other thing, just based on how do you apply uh, things. So, you know, maybe higher or lower taxes, higher or lower spending here and there, you can negotiate that. But there are certain things that you can't do and certain things that you cannot do. I went off tangent. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I'll bring it back. Like the action Thank item you. of that question is, you know, do your priorities line up with your wife's essentially? And if not, how do you, yes. how do you do that? And, and, you know, talking about recognizing what, what is valuable to her. Um, and, and you can, you know, you can apply this not just to your wife, but kids and, um, and other men in your life, you know, the, the group we're talking about, like you can apply it to a bunch of different people, but, um, but, but that's, that's kind of the point of, of what to think about in this question is, is am I recognizing what is actually important to my wife and how can I align priorities to, to get closer to that? You know, if, if you, you know, you've, you've seen the image of a, a triangle and, you know, God is at the top and a husband and a wife are on the bottom two corners. And as they're getting closer to God, they're getting closer to each other. Um, you could use that in this scenario too, about your priorities. If you're looking at the same thing, um, God or, or priorities, you know, if you're both going towards the same one, you're getting closer together and vice versa. Um, I think as you become closer to your wife, you, you're able to learn what those, what their priorities are. And the same for y'all, the closer I get to y'all, I understand what y'all's priorities are. And, and I think that's naturally, um, you know, the group you end up hanging around, you know, the, what's the old saying? If you lay with the dogs, you'll get fleas, you know? <laughs> that kind of thing. The people you're around are, are who form you in a sense. Um, maybe they don't form you, but maybe maybe you get tired of hanging around them because your priorities aren't the same. Or if you have the same priorities, you want to hang around them. If 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 I'm a drug addict, I like doing drugs, I'm going to hang around other drug addicts because they got the same priority I do. They want their next fix. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what sets the, you know, the the Christian community apart from, from other communities. There's, there's, you know, like you, when you said you're going to go all the way up to the 10 commandments, 
that 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 are going to help you to find truth. Um, it's it being a part of a, a group of men who are chasing after what God has designed as the true and the good that results in correct listing of priorities, right? When that group of men is chasing after that, um, it it now becomes okay for a, one man to look into the eyes of another and say, don't do drugs. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's hurting you and you doing that is actually hurting me. And this works even more effectively. Um, that might not be the best word. Works better in a marriage because, you know, what, there is no more intimate covenant on this earth than our covenant with our wives, our spouses. Mm-hmm. So when you're both pursuing what the Lord has designed, then it's okay then to look at each other and say, hey, we need to do better. You need to do better. I need to do better. I, I always advise couples to be disciplined uh, at least once a quarter, have a date night mm-hmm. and and do these kinds of thought experiments. Uh, but ask the questions before you go on the date, separately write answers in, in, in the journal and, and things like this. What are the priorities? And, and uh, or you could break it down even further. Um, are here are the things that I believe I need to improve personally. And I always, I never suggest that, that you make a list of things you think your spouse should improve. Uh, (laughs) That's not going to end well. Um, But here's the things that I should approve. Do you agree? Is there anything you would add? And discipline yourself to have those kind of conversations. So I just, uh, I don't know about y'all, but my mind's running 190 miles an hour. This is so stimulating. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably. Gonna, I, I'm, I'm going to be going off tangents left and right <laughs> if I open my mouth. I, I'm just going to have a better. I'm, I'm going to have a better life tomorrow because of this conversation. <laughs> well, there's there's one more question that is is a real stinger. Um, if 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 most people's, I mean, we spend most of our day at work. Uh, most of us do. So. Are we willing to change our career, change our job in pursuit of of the priorities? Once we identify them, once we once we say, okay, here's here's what my life needs to look like, here's what my priority needs to look like. I've I've gotten together with my wife. We have the same priorities. Is my job standing in the way of them? Um and, and that's a a very difficult question because you know we we live in a time now where where everything is just uber expensive and um you know depending on who you ask jobs are hard to come by or they're not um you know they're not in general basic jobs um skilled jobs you know maybe maybe you're in a market that's um that's that's difficult to find a job in and you have one but you know maybe you hate it Maybe maybe it sucks and and you can't be at home. Um, I don't know. I I have a pretty sweet gig now that um, I, I I went after it 
but I didn't I didn't necessarily go after it with the intention of of it affording me what it affords me time at home and um and being able to to homeschool my son and you know we're working towards um towards a life that looks like that um, we're making strides to that but that that's the question I want to pose and and put out there in people's minds like I, I think a lot of people just don't even entertain that you know you 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 don't approach your priority shift from a standpoint of here's what I want to do, but I can't because my job won't let me, you know, you control where you work. Um, you, you may have got yourself in a position to where it's hard to leave your job and, and you can't afford to take a pay cut or whatever. But, um, but that's what I want everybody to think about is, is what steps do I need to take? What can I start doing now to where I can, um, I can make this happen and and maybe I can't leave my job right now. Maybe, maybe it's not even your job. That's just, you know, what I'm posing in the question because that seems to be the big one, but um, but I'm rambling now. Does that stimulate y'all's thoughts at all? What it makes me think about is I'm looking at two men who have done just that, <laughs> who have changed jobs in order to realign uh, priorities. And uh, I, I would, uh, I, I would just say, if you're not willing to share those stories here, then uh, men in this area, in in our church, you've got access to two men who have done it. So if you want to talk to somebody, you can talk to Anthony Rodolakis and Ben Bolden. Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. I mean, the reason why I'm here is because of certain family choices that we had to make and I had to realign my my job, et cetera. But to Ben's point though, it depends on the cycle of the of the life cycle that you're in and, and the business that you're in. Uh, I was blessed in the sense that uh, it was uh, a transition that was made and the people that allowed me to make the transition um, were flexible and people continue to be flexible, <clears throat> excuse me, with certain work arrangements. And that's a tremendous blessing, uh, and I love what I'm doing. Uh, but it's a very hard choice, and I can tell first has first-hand experience. It's not an easy choice to make, and you cannot make that choice uh, uh, quickly. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it will take a lot of thinking, prayer, uh, talking, like you said, to a wife, father, man, uh, or women in your life, etc., uh, who who will be able to help? So uh, you cannot make that decision. That would be my advice as the elder of this team right now. That you, it's a very very serious decision and choice to make. So, uh, uh, but clearly, clearly, you have to see exactly where you are in your life cycle. If if what you just said, Ben, if your job or something else doesn't have to be the job, but admittedly, it's the number one thing right. in terms of being able to provide. Right. Um, if if that's an obstacle to what you're trying to achieve for your family, then then it becomes more like an easier decision because then you're going to prioritize shifting um, uh, your career goals or your location or whatever the case may be. But uh, uh, but a lot of us are just locked in. I mean, especially in an economy like today's, uh, we're just locked in in some sense. So um, it's it's not the easiest thing to do, and that's why. Uh, it's it's great like uh, advice for the younger men in terms of uh, professional development. Go to scalable professions, meaning uh, try to specialize in things that you can scale up. Meaning uh, uh, like being an accountant uh, or, or or something that you can 
it's portable or a healthcare uh, provider, things of that nature. And it doesn't have to be a medical doctor. I mean, nursing, uh, things of that nature, uh, where there's tremendous economic growth in certain industries, focus on those. If you're starting your life right now, like a 19, 20-year-old, um, you will have a better chance of, of uh, having a flexible career that will align with your other priorities if you have selected something or if you're good at something that you can uh, that you can take to different places so you're not stuck in one location or in one industry and uh, like what we like to say in economics that it doesn't depend on the cycle of the economy that it's almost uh, robust mm-hmm. and um, and anti-fragile like Nicholas Talib would say one of my heroes yeah I I think that's all all good advice, but I would also say I don't think incomes are the problem um, in, in many of these situations. And that's kind of a blanket statement, but, you know, unless you're just absolutely lazy in America, like you, you can, I mean, I've seen, you know, $20 an hour jobs working at restaurants, you know, serving waiting tables or whatever. And, and no, that's not going to afford you a lot of time at home, but, um, and this is a whole other episode idea we have, but you know, live within your means. Like, um, don't, don't go buy a brand new car right when you get out of high school. And, um, you know, these are the things the young men need to be thinking about and, and, um, and learning from us, you know, from those that have gone and made the mistakes to, to not put yourself in a position to where you can't make a change. If you, you know, once you get to that age of, of finding a wife and, and having kids and all of that, you know, not looking up one day and, and wanting to rearrange your priorities and not being able to because you just, you can't because you're loaded with debt and right and, and are in a job that you can't get out of, like you said. Well, and also understanding there's another dynamic here. When you do enter into, you know, that big transition, if if we're talking about changing jobs with a goal for the for the family or priorities um there you know i developed a saying during one of my periods of transition you can do anything for a time so what i was looking at was preparing to move to russia i needed to get debt free that was the best thing for my family i went to work at a restaurant and ended up you know uh, excelling there and, and, and moving up and in that company, working insane hours, making what was to me at that time, very, very good money that was helping me get debt free. And I remember at the same time I was going to seminary, getting a master's degree. And let's just say the family didn't see a whole lot of me. Right. I was staying up all night and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I had friends that would come in to my store and and we would be chatting and they'd say, well, I'm fixing to quit seminary. Um, I'm just not getting enough time with my family, with my kids. And I remember it was always a challenge to me, mm-hmm. you know, because here's another man's quitting the thing that I'm right. involved in in order to spend time with a family. And and so, uh, you know, it, it was a point of... of of real conviction of mine that this was exactly what needed to be done. It needed to be finished and there was a beginning and there was an end. And, and so I think, you know, every man's got to make the, you know, his own decision in, in these kinds of periods. I made the decision to finish what I started. It did cost my family something. 
it cost my wife a lot and it cost my daughters something. But once it was done, because I was I was successful, we were able to transition into a life that was mm-hmm. that was infinitely better for our family than previously. Yeah, and I remember that story. You uh, <laughs> when when you finally finished and were able to move into the next that next phase, you actually left a pretty successful career opportunity there. So you you didn't you didn't take your eye off of that priority. You you finished what you started and you followed through. Um, in the midst of that temptation to 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 stay and you know make really good money and and do all of those things, so that's well and 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 you know to to your point, um, you know money money is not always the deciding factor. Right, exactly. Uh, and that's a very hard thing to. Uh, to remember that money is not always the deciding factor. Well, and that that comes back to priority list. Exactly, you know what we're what we're talking about, and you know sometimes money does need to be the deciding factor, and sometimes it doesn't. And mm-hmm. and, and I do think that's a good way to you know to to, to land the plane. I mean, mm-hmm. there these priorities are are not static. You know, depending on how you define them. I mean, the, the, certainly the big tents are, you know, faith, family, work, hobbies. You know, those big tents are static. You don't need to move those around. Once once you start breaking down into the details, there are phases of life where one needs to take priority over another, right. and then it needs to be readjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, the The key is that that you're 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 acting like a man. Right. You're being watchful. And and you're you're being aware, you're being intentional, and these things are not happening to you so that you're having to react, but that you're actually moving in a in a in a purposeful direction that's going to cause flourishing for everybody around you. And yeah, then, and the sorry, go ahead, Anthony. No, I was going to say uh, you brought quickly up because I know we're wrapping it up. It's money is is a tool, is one of the analytical tools that you have to accomplish those goals. So a lot of times, uh, and, and I'm guilty of that uh, as well, that you think of money as one of the deciding factors. It's not. It's not one of the ultimates. It's, it's, uh, it's a tool uh, and that you can use appropriately in different circumstances. So it might take, um, yeah, so that's, that's very good. That's, uh, that clarified it for me. Yeah, so this, this whole conversation was just to, to, to make you think and give you give you plenty of questions to answer, to ask yourself and, um, and questions to answer. So in keeping with the theme of doing a hard thing every week, um, I'm going to, I'm going to steal it this week. I don't know if you had one or not, Anthony, but I'm still struggling. Please to, forgive uh, me. You can get one next week. I I'll get, uh, give me a pass because I'm still struggling <laughs> to come up with a seven, uh, with a seven, uh, versus, uh, for a godly man, uh, because we're taping this episode soon after we, yeah tape the previous one so i have some in my mind but i haven't memorized them so i'm, I'm hesitant to uh to offer anything so i don't have anything on top of my head they are eternal challenges <laughs> so no they're not eternal. whenever you pick them up <laughs> so so what i want everyone to do is um just for the next week or however long it takes you um at the end of every day to to go through and give a percentage to how you spent your day, what what your priorities were for that day. 
um, and be honest with it. Um, you, you can you can be super high level. It would probably benefit you more if you broke it down a little bit. Um, but in doing that, think about where you want your priorities to end up, um, and, and maybe just do it until you know until you have a few consecutive days of of hitting the mark of hitting the goal, um, and see what that feels like. And, and kick that around with your wife if, you, um, if you're married or, um, or even kids, you know. If you've got older kids that can understand that kind of thing, try that. Um, so that's, that's the challenge. That's a good challenge as always, Brains. Well, thank you all for, good man. for showing up again tonight. I enjoyed it. And uh, whether it's morning or evening for whoever's listening, good morning or good night.